was really good. <laughs> wow. You know, this morning, I wanted to remind you that there's more than enough. In January, uh, the, the pastoral team went to Toronto to a conference. And uh, we were there with a lot of cool people. And uh, one of the first things the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, it's already worked out. There's more than enough. I've already done it. I've already got the package finished. Now, you just need to work with the Holy Spirit to unpack it. But the answers and solutions are already right here in the room. It's not like we have to go work really hard to go get something. Because Jesus Christ already did it. And the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. But the Holy Spirit wants to partner with us to reveal it in the natural. Amen? Amen. Well, some of you thought that was amen. Some of you thought, no, no, let's, let's work really hard and try to do it in our own strength. No, let's not do that. Well, this morning, I wanted to remind us that there's more than enough of God's love for everyone in this room to find contentment, to find value, self-worth, and hope. There's more than enough love for you. God's love is not like a medium to small pizza that everyone's disappointed when it arrives. There's only a few slices for everybody, and then you have to fight over it. That's not how God does it. God owns the pizza factory. Okay, he's the owner of the family business. We don't lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's more than enough. More than enough love. And this morning I wanted to talk about what are some of the keys to experiencing God's love because there's already more than enough. And this verse came to me in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, a few weeks ago, I was driving from uh, Bloomfield back to town here, and I was meeting uh, William for coffee at Starbucks, praise the Lord, and him and I had set up a meeting in the morning to sit out on the patio, have a nice cup of coffee, and uh, so I was driving from uh, Bloomfield in, and uh, uh, Tom had given me some uh, podcasts to think about and to pray through, and so I was listening to one in the car. It was very encouraging, and God said, why don't you pause that? So I paused it, and he said, I, this is all good, these very encouraging teachers and pastors. He said, but what praise do you have for me? Not what they have. What do you have for me? What do you have for me on the way into town this morning? And I took that as a challenge. It was like a worship challenge. I said, okay, God, you want my praise? He said, yeah, what do you got? So I put the sunroom, sunroof back. I said, I'm going to get loud. He said, there was no music allowed, no podcast, no worship teams. It was just me and God. And so I just said, okay, I'm going to start shouting. So I just made my own worship songs up as I went. And I was driving down Highway 62 uh, north into town. People thought I was probably crazy. I just had my hands out the sunroof. I'm yelling to God, his goodness, his favor, his love. You know, I'm just having a good time. So by the time I get to Starbucks, I'm like just jittering with the Holy Spirit. But you don't realize it at the time. You're just so happy. Because you've just been in the presence of God, and so there's joy all over you. And so, so William and I sit down. We're just happy. We're just two happy guys. And we're just laughing. We're talking about God and how good our Father is, and he's testifying. I'm, I'm sharing my story. And then uh, Shauna Jenkins, who was just up here earlier, she drove by with her kids through the drive-thru. 
And she waves. She's happy. She goes, hi, William. Hi, Mark. And, you know, and everyone's just happy. There's more than enough love and joy. And I, I was going to make a joke about how these Christians' attitudes are so funny and they're way too happy all the time. But what came out of my mouth, William was there, is I said, daditude. I stumbled on my words. And then him and I looked at each other and goes, that's a prophetic word. When we align ourselves with the perspective of our father, we get a daditude. I had a new daditude. And my dad's view on things is always perfect. Him and I had a daditude moment. And Shauna was a part of the blessing because she was way too happy in her little car there getting her Starbucks. Worship is one of the breakthrough pathways to experiencing the more of love. Worship is one of the pathways, a sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, gratitude. Those break off any heavy things, and it's a pathway to experiencing God's love. So here's a few other ways that I've experienced how to experience God's unconditional love. Number one, think what God thinks about you. Okay? Look at next slide, please. Think what God thinks about you. So God thinks, this is my best son or daughter ever. And you're thinking, my God is the best dad ever. Jesus is my best brother ever. And that's how you're thinking, because that's how God thinks about you. He goes, man, this son of mine or this daughter of mine, I'm just crazy about them. I made them in my image. I formed them and knit them in, in their mother's womb. I can't get enough of them. I love the sound of their voice. I love to provide for them. I love to spend time with them. Think what God thinks about you. Not what someone else thinks. Not what the world said. Not what your friend down the street. What does God think about you? What are his thoughts? And let me give you a hint. Just open your Bible. And read it a lot. And you'll know what God thinks about you. Hang out with the Jesus guy in the Bible. And he'll share the thoughts that he has towards you. Number two, feel what God feels about you. Ask God, how do you feel about me? How many believe that God is emotional? It's a weird concept because I was taught growing up that God was not emotional, that he was kind of a distant, good grandfather, powerful being way out in the sky, and then Jesus was the good guy on the planet that saved us, and you stick close to him. But God was kind of this scary guy way out here. But now I realize he's my father. He's not to be feared. He's to be received and have a relationship with. So one, pa one pastor went through the Bible and highlighted every time God shared an emotion. And his whole Bible was just littered with highlighter. God's so emotional. We're afraid of emotions in our culture, or sometimes we worship them. But guess who made emotions? God. So don't be afraid to ask God the question later today, what do you feel about me, Father? Thirdly, hear what God says about you. Who are you listening to? What voices? You see, the girl here is listening to the heart of her father, and God's heartbeat is just bursting for you. It's just, woo, he just can't get enough of you. When, when, my, uh, when my second child was born, Kate, 
and I got to hold her for one of the first times, God said, don't despise small beginnings when I held her in my arms. And I'm not. Because, see, my father in heaven's heart is greater for my daughter than my own. So I need to let my fears get out of the way and let my father take over where I lack. What does God say about you? Ask him. So that's the three things. And the very practical next step is this. Say what he thinks, feels, and says about you. Say it out loud. Repeat it. Write it down. When you do these things, you're now bringing the truth of heaven to earth. See, you're getting a truer picture of who God says you are. And once you've got it, once you say it, once you write it down, you begin to walk it out in your day-to-day life. And people go, wow, that's like heaven on earth right there. Because now you're seeing your true reflection of who God says you are and how he feels about you. So once you know how he feels, you're free now to feel that way about others. You can give away what you have, but you can't give what you don't have. And here's the truth. The gift you always give is what you believe about yourself. The gift that you give is what you believe about yourself. So this is, I experienced this two weeks ago. It was pre-service prayer. We were at church. And uh, I was in there with one of the other guys, and we're praying. And it felt like I was praying uphill, and there was a big rock right there. And I was kind of discouraged, but I was going to pray. I prayed and prayed, and I, was, I wanted to get that back into that joy spot. I was praying, and, and then all of a sudden, these happy-go-lucky two guys walk in the room. It was uh, Pastor Kevin and, uh, and Desi, and they walked in laughing and cheerful, and, and Desi had this fun shirt on uh, that we had got, and we were all of a sudden, the joy just swooshed right into the room. And all of a sudden, I wasn't discouraged anymore. I'm going with their joy. I just jumped on their boat with them. Well, if they're happy, I'm happy with them. See, the gift that we always give is what we think about ourselves and God, what we carry into a room. Pastor Kevin and Desi were walking in joy and peace. They weren't burdened and heavy, so I just went with them. It was great. For the rest of the day, I was just happy too. If they're happy, I'm happy. They, they, just, they had something I just wasn't clicking on, so I just went with them. That's why it matters who you hang out with. But more importantly, if you believe and you hear and you feel and you see what God says about you, you carry that into the room. Your ministry is what you carry, not what you do. Your ministry is what you carry into your workplace and into your home life, into your marriage and your friendships. You carry your ministry. You are the ministry. You are the kingdom. What we do is overflow out of who we are. So when you enter a room, <laughs> I'll tell you, I've, I've messed this one up before. I went into my son's school last year, and my head was down like this. And I checked into the volunteer schedule for the school over at Queen Victoria. And they have the nicest receptionist over there. And she goes, how you doing? And she's all cheerful. And I said, well, you know, I'm doing all right or blah, blah. You know, I, I wasn't my normal happy-go-lucky self. Well, I was wearing a Celebrate Recovery, Celebrate Recovery shirt. And I heads down like this. Yeah, it's okay, you know, and struggle, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, I guess you ain't celebrating recovery today. 
I just got rebuked right there in the office. I looked around, and I looked at her, and I said, okay, God, I get the message. The secretary's rebuking me here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my attitude. How many of you know your attitude determines the atmosphere that you're walking in? Or someone else's attitude and presence will affect yours. Either way. Wow. That was funny. I couldn't believe she said that, but it was bang on. It just got my attention. So the question is, how's your love tank today? Is it like 50%? Is it, are you running on empty today? Are you getting down into the scary part where if you actually give it away, you're probably going to actually cause more damage than good? Because it's so empty. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this. Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. That's what Jesus said. Okay? That's Matthew eleven twenty eight in the Passion Translation. Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am an oasis. If you want to go to the slide with the three uh, pictures on it, I'm going to invite uh, Katrina up and have her uh, share something that God showed her. Um, can you help me, William, real quick? Um, so Mark and I were talking about this, and good morning, by the way. <laughs> nice to see you all. Good morning. Um, the Lord revealed this... I, Many years ago when I was at university, which feels like an eternity ago now, but um, I was yeah, getting older. That's what happens, right? So I was praying. I was in a student leadership position, and I was asking the Lord um, just for the upcoming year, and he really gave me a visual, and I'm a very visual learner, so words kind of come in one ear and out the other, and I tend to forget them, but a visual picture can stick with me for life, and this is one that I really believe the Lord gave to me as a visual picture, and then um, I turned around and I showed it to my student leaders, and then Mark and I were chatting yesterday, I think it was yesterday, about this, and how this really ties into what he's talking about. Um, in our in our walk with the Lord, we often have, um, you know, this is us. So for those at the back, I'll, I'll try to show what I'm doing as best you can see. But, um, and this Holy Spirit, Father God, pours into us. Okay, so jug full of water. Fills us up. So we get filled up. And what the Lord revealed to me in that moment was, when I'm serving, when I'm giving, what I often am doing is this. I'm scooping out of what he's given me, and I give it a little away. And I give a little away. And I give a little away. And then I go back into my storehouse, my treasure that's him and I. And I give a little more away. Because we're told to serve. We're told to give. So I give a little more away. And I give a little more away. And I give a little more away. And what was happening, as you can imagine and as you can see physically, is that as I keep serving and pouring out and giving and giving and giving, eventually... Who I am is starting to be depleted. And when we get really low, it's a dangerous place because 
when we get to the bottom of that, we've given away all of our treasure that God gave for you and I. And that's a dangerous place to be. So instead, let's see how to do this. <laughs> Mark, I might need your hands here. Pour that back in there. I figured water and a microphone might not be the best mixture of things happening. So, so instead, we're, gonna, we're just going to change the visual here that this was us. Just go with me that this is still us, okay? So the cup is you and I. Holy Spirit, Father God's anointing is endless. There's no end to it. It's limitless. Um, Psalm 23, Mark quoted it earlier, but it was, um, he anoints my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So the vision that the Lord told me is, stop giving away the treasure that's you and I. Stop giving out of the, um, you need to serve out of the overflow. So this is now what it was. So he's pouring into me. Can you see it? you got to pull it up. Thank you. I knew they wouldn't be able to see it. It's going to get messy. So this is him and I. And he said, don't you dare give that away. That's you and I. That's our treasure. When you start to serve out of the anointing of keeping that for you and I, this is what your service is supposed to look like. Now you're serving out of the overflow of who you are supposed to be. And it's his anointing and it's his love and it's his grace that is being poured out on others and not you and I. So we talk a lot about today about self-care, about the importance of self-care. You know what? That cup, that is your self-care. Your spirit, your mind, your will, your emotions, you treasure that. You don't give that away. You give out of the overflow of who God has called you to be and his plans for you. Done. Amen. Well, it's a simple illustration. As Pastor Barry reminded me, it's fill and spill, right? It's the overflow. And you've met those crazy people who have so much overflow. They're always way too happy or they have too much wisdom or too much grace for you or too kind or uh, too much love, too much forgiveness. Yeah, you're going, wow, what's wrong with you? And uh, the reality is I was um, with uh, Tom Snyder, one of our seniors, and we went over to the, one of the uh, pharmacies on the west end of town for a refill. And, and he said, can you just go in? They're a nice couple that run the pharmacy there off of Sydney Street. I said, sure. So I go in there. I say, I'm picking up this and this and oh, great, you know, here's a copay, and, and, and uh, we know that Tom lost his wife, Elizabeth, this past year. I said, yes. Oh, well, we love this family. We'll do anything for them. So she comes out from behind the counter, and she goes, can I go visit with him in the car? I'm like, okay, these people are way too nice, because what pharmacy does that? Nobody. And so she, she goes out to the car to greet him and to check on him, and the, and the other doctor, he's in there, he's doing the prescriptions, and he goes, you know, if there's anything that this, this guy needs, you tell me. I, I, will, I, I will drive the prescriptions to his home. I will do this for them, for him. They're a good couple. They, you know, we miss Elizabeth. It's going to be hard for him. And I thought, see, these people here, they've got something that just changes the atmosphere. 
whatever that couple was walking in, it will mess you up because that's not the way the world works. They were over, it was spilling out all over the place. So here's my last question. Well, three questions. Holy Spirit's fountain in our life. This is where God wants to take us. And the only way we can go here is through love and trust. Everyone say love and trust. You can't go any farther than your relationships will allow you through love and trust. God set up the whole planet on love and trust. So if your trust levels are low, your love levels are low, uh, you know you've got some containers that God needs to break off your life. And that's okay. It's not a shame thing. We just need an increase of love and then an increase of developing healthy trust and boundaries in, in, with each other. And then we can go to the next level. So our desire is that all my fountains are in you. That's our prayer in the morning. God, today, I thank you that all my fountains are in you. All the source of life and energy, power, wisdom, parenting, uh, finding, everything comes from you, God. And I'm going to just say all my fountains are in you. That's the goal. That's the Christian vision. The temptation is that we look for counterfeit refreshing. We say, well, I haven't figured out how to work this out with God yet, so I'll fill it for myself. Does anyone know about counterfeits? I've tried several of them. You know, they seem good for a season until they're empty. They're a fraud. They're a fake. And I just want to invite you uh, on Mondays at Celebrate Recovery, you can deal with those things in a way where the shame breaks off. And you can switch your, the, the fraud, the fake, for the real thing, which is obviously Jesus Christ. He is the higher power. He is the only one that can do this thing. And that's who we focus on at CR. We make him number one. And the counterfeits begin to be washed away in the overflow. Three, our reality. The reality is that we're somewhere between all of our fountains are in God and some of them are. So we need to ask the question, what areas of my life have I not invited the presence and provision of God in? See, God is waiting for you to give him permission and do an invitation. Once you ask Jesus into your heart, he will save you. You're born again. Your spirit, he's preparing a place for you in heaven. But now there's this soul thing. And what areas of your soul could you go to the Father and say, God, you know, I've struggled with this a lot, but I give you permission. I invite you to take that Holy Spirit love that Jess and the team sang about and pour it over until it just washes it right away. That's what we do at Celebrate Recovery. We invite and give permission to the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ into those very areas that we can't solve on our own. But that's where you come in. No one can do that for you. You have to give him permission. Your spouse can't do it. Your parents can't do it. No one can do it but you. You're self-responsible in this area to say, go ahead, I invite you in. And then buckle up, five-point harness, because once you give permission to the God of the universe, he's coming. And he will enter in, and he will not just, as C.S. Lewis, uh, clean up a bit and move the furniture. He knocks down walls and puts up an entire castle, a kingdom on the inside. And it's amazing. Amen? Can we all stand together? We have a dynamite... Uh, Freezy team getting ready for you right now, because, you know, we're going to have freezies after church today. William, can you help uh, Katrina with that?
Thank you. Well, it's a simple message, and that message is that there's more than enough love for all of you in this room to go around. No one needs to be poor in love in this room. We can all be the richest people of love in Belleville and have so much leftovers that we can share with every person we meet. But we need to fill and then spill with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need to think what God thinks about us. We need to feel what God feels about us. And we need to hear what God says about us. And repeat that. Tell your friends, tell your spouse, tell your small group what God has spoken over your life. Do it. Do it. Say it out loud. Because it's more true than the lies that the enemy wants you to, to be quiet and not say that stuff. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to close in prayer. Pastor Barry. That was, that was a fantastic message. Amen? Amen. I think that was one of my favorites that you've ever done. And I think that's part of your, your life message is that whole, that, that whole area. So we just bless you that. Um, my sister here, Melody. Melody, come here. Can everybody say hi, Mal? This is how she survives, that message. I don't know anybody that's walked through more than she has in the last year and a half, maybe two years. I don't know. And... Uh, we were, we've been talking about this as, we've been, as we journeyed. We, we drove 12 hours together, and I didn't kill her. She didn't kill me. It was great. It was good. No, it was fine. It's, yeah. Um, and, and that whole message, Pastor Mark and everybody, is, it's that, I, I mean, yeah. Do you, you want to share it? It's life. It's just life. If you keep. When life is really, really hard and you lose a child almost instantaneously, it's 23, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What are you going to get? What are you going to give? Who are you? Where do you come from? What's going on? God. The answer is just God's love. He has pierced our hearts. He's pierced my heart with love. And I'll never be the same. Whoop. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay, you hold that baby. Yeah. Um, I don't like it, so. <laughs> but God is everything. Capital E, everything. He's everything. If we don't make him that, if we don't allow him to do that, it's not going to be done. You're not going to be free. You're not going to be able to do what he wants you to do, and you're not going to be able to do what he knows in your heart, that's in your heart, that you want to do for him. You can't do it unless you give it all to God. Every strand, every piece, everything, nothing is hidden from God anyway. So let's just do it. And that's the way I survive. Sometimes it's six hours a day in his presence. Sometimes it's eight hours a day in his presence. Sometimes it's two or three or four. Or sometimes I'm walking around my property and he's telling me what to say and he's telling me things and he's showing me things. And I have felt the presence of God every day since my husband passed April 22nd. So first it was my son. Seven months later, my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer. And I said, I don't get it, God. 
I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why. I said, but we spoke life to him. I spoke. I was his clown every day to keep him up. I had to be that for him. And we had troubles. But when that came to, when that came down, I was like, I'm here for you. I love you. And I'll do whatever I have to do to help you. Because that's where I'm supposed to be in God. So I will do that. And my heart's prayer today now is, God, help me to be content in every, every situation. That is my prayer, just like Paul. Help me. I have to learn to be content. Because when you go through what I've been through, and I'm sure there's other people that have it harder, but at the same rate, you are bottomed out. It's like, wow, all I can do is fill up on God. That's the only happiness in life. That's the only true, long-lasting love of your life. And God's amazing, and I will, I don't compromise the word. So, you know, I'm hardcore all the way. <laughs> amen. Amen. So, amen. Bless you, man. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? When the hounds of hell are nipping at your heels and you don't know what to do, when you lose your son and you lose your husband and you don't know what to do, you got to run to praise. you got to run to the presence. Run to the presence. So, Father God, this morning, and Pastor Mark, do you want to come and pray? But, Father God, this morning, we just, we just pray this day that this message, Lord God, of fill and spill, this message, Lord God, of, of running to the source and that our fountains are in you. Father, may we have a grace to do that this week. Lord God, may we be able to do everything you called for us to do. Lord God, by the strengthening of your power and by your love, overwhelm us in your love this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today, guys, go in the grace of God and the love of God. And uh, there's plenty of ice-cold freezies out there. Uh, don't read the labels or what's in them and all that. Just enjoy them by faith. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, next week. God bless you. Amen.